The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. To access inner resources to create the most productive, loving, and joyful life, Each of us needs to awaken to explore in depth who we really are. Welcome to Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. Today, we'll learn what our past lives can tell us about our present life and understand how our beliefs create our reality. Now, here is Dr. Joe Mancini. Good morning, everyone. I'm Dr. Joe Mancini, your host for Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. I'm a certified clinical hypnotherapist and spiritual counselor in private practice in Maryland. I want to say first a few words about the overall focus of the show. In various ways on this show, in every episode, we will examine how to access inner resources to create the most productive, loving, and joyful life, a really wonderful goal as I see it. To accomplish that goal, each of us needs to awaken, to explore in depth who each of us really is. This series of 13 episodes that began on August 13th will focus on what past lives can tell us about who we really are. My guests and I will examine several related topics, such as the true nature of past lives, soul mission and karma, the multidimensional self, reincarnating soul groups, how to change past lives and soul contracts, and much, much more. A further aid to all this exploration will be the concepts about past lives and other metaphysical matters that were voiced by Seth, that energy personality essence channeled by Jane Roberts from 1963 to her passing over in 1984. Rich Kendall, one of the so-called New York boys who attended Jane's ESP classes in the early 70s, shared with us last week some of Seth's ideas about past lives and also what Seth said about a couple of Rich's past lives. With Rich, we saw that being told by a psychic or channel entity about your past lives can be very powerful and instructive. But what if you could actually visit one of your own past lives, think the thoughts of that personality, feel its feelings, and engage in his or her behaviors while all the while maintaining a sense of your distinct self in this incarnation? Wouldn't that be mind-altering? Well, you can do that. And today, I will share some of what I do in guiding individuals and groups into a past life. I also have with me three guests who will give their tips for a successful past life regression and also share some aspects of a past life they've had with you. Before introducing them, I want first to give you some suggestions about what to look for when deciding what past life regressionist you want to work with. Now, there may be some exceptions to what I'm about to say, but these are generally, I think, quite uh, applicable. There are four dimensions. You want to look for the credentials, the testimonials, the client hypnotherapist rapport, and the willingness of the regressionist to answer the client's questions. So first and foremost, the regressionist should, of course, have a professional website where you can scrutinize his or her credentials. And the regressionist, in my mind, should have more than one credential, specifically in past life work. One two-day course in PLR, that's the acronym for past life regression. One two-day course in PLR is hardly grounds for trusting the regressionist skill, especially in difficult cases or when unexpected situations develop. Moreover, a broad background in other hypnotherapeutic modalities is a plus, even a must, showing the breadth of the regressionist education. I also believe that some of the regressionist credentials should be from a state-approved school, so you know the curriculum passes muster. If You might want to Google any school listed by the uh, past life regressionist and check out its required courses for the breadth and depth of potential learning. Okay. 
testimonials. The regressionist should have at least a dozen detailed testimonials from a variety of clients. Look in these uh, testimonials for acknowledgement of the regressionist skills, knowledge, and successful outcomes. In short, client testimonials should be glowing. Three, client hypnotherapist rapport. Client testimonials should focus on this extremely important skill. No matter how technically skilled a regressionist is, without rapport, the client is not likely to achieve his or her hypnotherapeutic goals. Testimonials should report how the regressionist helped people feel comfortable in the hypnotherapeutic setting, promoted a caring atmosphere, and was client-centered in that the client was considered a partner in the process. And four, the willingness of the regressionist to answer the client's questions. This is another aspect of rapport. If you have any doubts or questions about the process or the regressionist himself or herself, you should be able to talk frankly with him or her before any session takes place and even during any session. Okay. I would like now to introduce my guests. Hello, Kim. And hello, Marion. Hello, Joe. And hello, Ellen. Hi, greetings. Thank you all for coming on the show. So my first question to each of you, and each of you has had at least one past life regression with me, and I want to start with Kim. The question is this. What have you learned is the most important tip for having a successful past life regression? I think the most important thing to remember is the dual dimensionality or, or multiple dimensionality that we all have. Um, in other words, when, when you are undergoing a past life regression, you will still hear things around you in the room as you're experiencing um, the aspects of the previous life. So that that's, is possible. That's really well said because one of the things that happens when uh, a new client comes to me, they've uh, usually read a book by Brian Weiss in which uh, his client, Catherine, went into a deep, what we call a coma state in which she did not hear anything consciously and could not, upon coming out of the trance, could not remember anything. And while the therapist would tell her what had happened, it was not the same thing as actually experiencing the past life and remembering it and bringing it back. So we don't go into a very deep trance when we do past life regression. And because of that, we're aware of uh, being in the consulting room and in the past life at the same time. That dual consciousness does not mean you're not in a past life. Uh, and it's useful because you want your conscious mind to go with you, but not interfere. It's not about getting rid of the conscious mind. Okay? Okay. And that was Kim? Yes. Okay. Marion, what about you? Um, for me, the most important um, thing was to have a lot of trust um, in the person I was taking this journey with, who was guiding me on the journey, um, and to have faith that what was happening was real, um, and simply to let myself go in that faith and trust um, part of my brain. Okay. And what, what do you mean that you hope you wanted it to be real? Say a little more about that. Well, that I wasn't something that I was imagining or making up, um, even though afterwards um, I certainly wouldn't have ever imagined that I could think of anything like that. If so, I would be a novelist. <laughs> All right. Well, you bring up another very important point, and this is something um, I usually have to speak to uh, new clients about. Uh, I used to say that imagination had no part in the process. And that's inaccurate. Imagination has an immense part in the process, but it's not as a creator of what goes on, but as a translator. We generally take in information through our five senses, through our images. And so what comes from the other world has to be translated into images so that we can understand what's going on. So the imagination plays an enormous part as being a translator, but it doesn't create what happens. And as you said, Marion, most of the time when people are finished with the past life 
And I asked them, could you have imagined that if I just asked you to come up with a past life? And the answer is always no. Okay. Ellen, what about you? Well, on a similar note, I think for me, uh, it was important to relax and not feel that I had to perform in any certain way, that whatever the outcome was, that it, it would be valuable. And, and that comes with working with a very skilled therapist who can help you see the links between the importance of the past life regression for, for your present life. So, you know, it's, um, I think, New people who have never done a past life regression might have a certain sense of performance anxiety, but really um, the important thing is just to relax and let whatever happens happens. You know, like Marion said, with the, the the trust that what you're accessing is important. And I think uh, again that couldn't be said uh, more eloquently. We really need to let go. Uh, where the conscious mind comes in is in constricting um, what is to be received. And a lot of times, you know, and it's, it's understandable that we want meaning and we want meaning right away. Um, that usually isn't a, a, the case in a past life regression. You may have a series of scenes that seem not to be connected to one another. And this, uh, as you said, Ellen, is where the hypnotherapist's skill comes in. Because when you do the debrief, and a debrief is always important, always, it's essential. Um, when you do the debrief, you need to be able to see the links. And the hypnotherapist is both has one foot in the experience and one foot out. So he or she can see what the conscious mind of the person who's being regressed often can't see or not see clearly. And actually, as we'll find out, that happened with you, Ellen, right, in the right. Uh, PLR? Yeah, yes. it seemed very, very strange. The, the scenes didn't seem connected. And then whammo. Um, actually, I think in the process, uh, you discovered uh, the meaning. Yes. Um, and, and allowed your conscious mind to open to what had happened. So we'll be discussing that a little bit later. But I, I have to say this over and over and over again. Let go, let go, let go, and receive, receive, receive. Okay. A anything else that um, you guys can tell us about in terms of tips for a good regression? I, one thing comes, this is Ellen. Um, okay. One thing comes to mind, and, and that is that um, sometimes the, the benefits accrue maybe days after your yeah. past life regression where, yeah. you know, you start to assimilate information and things hit you and you start making some of your own connections outside the sessions. So it's not just what happens at the end of the session, but it, it seems to accrue, you know, could be days, weeks, months onwards. Even years, actually. Even, yeah. Uh, that's happened with me um, and, and also some of my clients. Uh, one of the things that uh, we should know uh, to support what you just said is that the past life is always available. As we said in the last episode, past lives are not really past. They're here now. They're ongoing. And they're not... Uh, over. They're still going on and they're capable of being influenced, as again we'll see in Ellen's past life regression. And, and that's one of the reasons why you keep getting bleed-throughs even after the session from that past life into your current life. Um, I might want to say one thing right now that before I forget and that is some people have asked me uh, well, if the past life is ongoing, then why do I, in the, in the regression, experience a death? That seems like a contradiction. Well, it's a very good question. And the answer is simply that what you're experiencing as that death in your regression is one probability of the way you would die in that um, past life. And 
there are many possibilities for the way you might end that life. And the one that is chosen, so to speak, in the regression is the one that makes most sense for the current uh, incarnation. Okay, somebody else with another tip, another... Um, This is Kim. Uh, One thing I wanted to say is you may not actually go back to a previous life. You may be shown something that is metaphorical that relates to something in your current life that's going to help you solve an issue or a problem that you have. That's exactly right. You know, most of the time we think that we're going to actually see sort of a narrative as in a novel, okay? But sometimes we get just symbols, which are, as you say, um, metaphors for something that's going on in one's life. And the symbols usually are very, very potent. And there are other things that happen. And I think, Kim, this has happened to you, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Sometimes you don't go back and have a human personality. Um, Yeah, that's correct. (laughs) We'll see that in your PLR. But also, it's not just, um, uh, well, it, it may be an animal. Or a fish. I've had people be mermaids, dolphins, etc. And whether these are symbolic or real is hard to say. But they're always, always meaningful. In fact, uh, let me say something more about that. My stance as a hypnotherapist when um, working with a client is that everything is meaningful. Everything. And because I believe that, Uh, I am able to help the person see what's really going on in their experience. I simply understand that the conscious mind does not have all the answers, not by a long shot. So my sense that there is meaning, always meaning, um, which sometimes takes time uh, to unravel, that sense always gets me and the client into a place where we get some real results. Another, anybody got another idea? Well, this is Marion, and I'm thinking that for me, I've, instead of looking at individual problems or issues in my present life, the themes um, or the images from the past life are often big themes, like um, I hesitate to say this, but like what is a life purpose? for me in this lifetime, and the connection comes in a big idea kind of way, not in, you know, will I lose my job next week kind of way, but what is the purpose of my life, um, the thrust, um, the most important path for me in this lifetime. When I'm in past life regressions or after in the debriefing part, most often that's what I get is like big messages or big mm-hmm. um, ways that I'm, I'm to proceed or, or affirmation or confirmation um, that um, that is my life purpose this time around. Okay. Uh, that's, that's absolutely true. That happens all the time, doesn't it? Uh, okay. Somebody else? Thank you, Marion. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, this is Ellen. Um, you know, it, in my example, I came to you, Joe, because I was struggling as an artist and, um, as Marion said, wanting to know whether this was my, the, whether I was on the right path. So, you know, I agree, yes, there are um, overarching themes about uh, what your purpose is and also kind of bringing that down to the to the day-to-day level, I was looking for a way to find out why I was so blocked and free up that energy. And of course, as you say, there are no accidents. It, it opened up <laughs> a whole, you know, lo- a whole range of things for me to think about and everything is interconnected. So of course, my difficulties in my art were related to all kinds of aspects of my life. Um, so I found it just incredibly um, enlightening. And enriching, too. Right. Uh, I mean, you really do find out more about who you really are. And it's not just in the sense of finding out about a past life personality. Um, 
But as uh, you and Marion said, there are these big themes that have been around all the time. And you really get to feel them, not just to think about them, but feel them as you go through this. Okay. Uh, anything else uh, any one of you would like to say about this? Um, well, I, I will. Um, this is Marion. I will say that um, the first past life regression I had was um, about three and a half years ago, and um, it will take it will take me more than one to actually, um, and I guess always to use the lessons from that past life um, to apply the information and the feelings and the images that I got. Um, because just recently, as recently as this weekend, the themes that came up in that original um, PLR three and a half years ago um, came up again in a very big way for me. So it's an ongoing um, process, um, as, as we know, a life journey. But I was a bit surprised um, this past weekend um, when the same themes came up in a really big way again. Um, and it isn't the first time in the last three and a half years. It, it's happened again two or three times. So my life lessons, um, I, as I'm sure for all of us, are ongoing. But around this big central theme for me, I'm still learning. And, you know, and that was just one past life regression. Yes. You know, that was just one. And look what you're still getting from it. Uh, it's, it's truly amazing. Um, anybody else want to give a tip? Well, this is Ellen. Um, I have spent a huge portion of my life experiencing different therapeutic methods. You know, I've done traditional psychotherapy and, um, you know, I've done all kinds of other things. And um, I have to say I've been so impressed with this modality, with hypnotherapy, in the sense that I, I feel like the positive effects have occurred so much more directly and quickly. I felt I was able to access you know, places of, of healing and understanding so much more quickly than I have in other kind of therapeutic methods that I've used. And I, I have felt with you, um, Dr. Joe, that, that, that what you bring to the table has been so incredibly valuable. So it's much more of a, a collaboration. You know, the debrief yes. is just so powerful. So although you might um, sit at home and do some of your own personal meditations, which are very can be very valuable, the fact that you are working, you know, shoulder to shoulder with with another with a hypnotherapist who is able to help you connect the dots and make sense of what you're going through is just incredibly valuable. Um, and for me, I feel I've definitely found a sort of therapeutic home in this method um, because I'm able to access this rich kind of vein of healing so much more quickly and directly through this process. Well, thank you for the compliment. <laughs> and uh, I think a lot of people feel that they have a much deeper and more uh, readily available access um, to what they want to you know, look at in order to find out who they really are uh, through hypnosis, through hypnotherapy. So thank you for that. I'm going to quickly um, tell people um, what the general process is of going through a, uh, a regression. Uh, there are always deviations from the norm, and that's what I love about this work. I'm always surprised, even though I've done it many, many hundreds of times. Uh, basically, after an interview, um, uh, I help the clients relax through um, getting that person into a rhythmic kind of breathing, in through the nose and out through the mouth. Uh, we relax the body that way. And, and the mind. And then I invite the person to ground himself or herself in a particular way and to protect himself or herself with his or her soul light, uh, soul's light. 
And then I invite people to take something or someone with them uh, as, as a, a kind of uh, helper on the way down. Uh, oftentimes that helper disappears because it's, the helper is not needed. Uh, we then go down a stairs, which is a deepening technique. The stairs are always different. Each time the person goes down, and I've never seen or heard about a set of stairs that's the same as that in anyone else's regression. Uh, at the bottom of the stairs, uh, you see a hallway and one or more doors. Uh, at the count of three, I have the person go and stand before that door and then describe the door to me, and that's when we, we begin a discussion um, while the person's in trance. And the person describes the door. There's, it's sometimes symbolic, but it's also another deepening experience. At a certain point, the per person opens the door, steps into the past life um, and, as, in a scene from it. Uh, and uh, then I ask the person to describe himself or herself from the feet up. And we learn a lot about what's going on with that person and also the gender of the person. Um, a lot of women have been very uh, upset when they've seen hair on their legs, um, indicating that um, they're, they're male. Um, so then uh, I, I lead the person into, further into that scene, ask certain kinds of questions, and at a certain point I invite the person to go to another scene in the same lifetime, and uh, do it two or three more times, asking similar but also different questions. And finally, we get to the, to the scene where the person dies. This is extremely important to go through this scene. No one has ever freaked out about it, no, mat no matter what the manner of death, because I instruct the person not to feel pain and even to stay apart looking at the past life persona going through the death. This is important because at the death is where the summation of the life uh, is done on the part of the past life personality, which has a lot to do with what he or she chooses uh, for the next lifetime. After that, I invite the person to separate from the body, hover above it, um, have some more reflections there, and then go into the light where he or she is greeted by uh, the spirits of those who passed over, angels, guides, who will help that person um, understand the significance of that past life to the present life. And then I bring the person back. Okay. So um, we're going to uh, start talking about the individual past lives. And I would like to start with Marion. And Marion, um, just so the people can get a sense of how detailed a past life can get, I'd like you to describe... Uh, in your write-up, that first paragraph where you uh, describe yourself? Um, yes, the details. Um, I was uh, a 63-year-old, dark-skinned, very thin man. Um, I had a stubbly beard. Um, I described my clothing in detail, even the um, square cut of my toenails. Um, the, I had a visor on, I could see out in front of me, um, and even the leopard skin dress over my shoulder, um, the persona, it's the, the man himself, um, was very detailed to me, very vivid. And so this often happens. It's not always the case, but it often happens. Uh, you have, uh, an ability to get really into the past life, to really send your energy into that embodiment. And so I just wanted to point that out. So give us a summary of what happened in that past life. This was the, uh, maybe we should give a little background first. Um, I hadn't seen you for about three years and tell me, and tell me if I'm correct. And uh, I just got a prompting to make contact with you. And then when I did see you, I felt something was off. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. And we I, were actually concerned um, that I was ill um, when you you came to you came to see me, and you wanted to know if I was sick, which I wasn't. Um, but about three weeks later, 
my partner then, uh, Jim, took seriously ill and passed away about five weeks after that. So it was, um, it was a, um, I don't know, a foreshadowing, I guess, of a time, though neither of us knew it at the time, that something, um, a period of great loss was coming. Um, so the past life regression that I did with you at that time happened um, because, uh, not because of that loss. It hadn't happened yet. It, the past life regression that I just described about this elderly man um, actually took place before Jim took ill. Right, and, and uh, shortly before, about two or three weeks, correct? Exactly. And again, none of us, none of us knew what was going to happen, but it seems like this past life did somehow foreshadow or prefigure something was going to happen. So again, summarize what did go on in the past life. Um, th- this old, the old man, um, had been a soldier, and there were only um, three other um, people that I could see their images, and one was um, the old man's daughter and her two sons, um, who were young teenagers. Um, and there was the contact between them was um, dutiful, I would say. He was taking care of and responsible for her and the young sons. Um, she had been, um, there was a castle in the distance, and, and his daughter had been the concubine of the king in the castle. So the sons were the king's sons, but they really weren't being taken care of. The old man had to take care of them and felt very, um, very much his duty to protect them from any kind of harm. Um, the, uh, there was another scene in which the uh, old man had been bitten by a snake, and um, but and the daughter was taking care of him, um, nursing him through that snake bite. So, while my sense was was that the old man really felt this sense of responsibility for this family, he also um, was being taken care of um, when his hour of need came, and. Actually, at the death scene, um, the the grandsons were with him, were standing near him um, when he died of a heart attack out in the in the hot sun. Okay, uh, that's a really good synopsis of of what happened. Um, and one of the things that when we talked about it, when we debriefed this, was that that sense of duty, that sense of taking care of everybody. Um, I, I believe his, uh, I'm trying to remember, uh, what happened to his parents? His parents, um, had died, um, when he was very young, uh, when he was three or four years old. So he really, um, never had parents. I don't know, you know, how he was raised, whether it was in a village or whatever, but the, the, um, it was very much a lone, a sense of loneliness that he had been alone um, since a very young age. And then, when he did marry, he married really a girl who was much younger than he. And um, they only had the one daughter because this young girl, his wife, died um, in the childbirth. So the the sense of isolation and loneliness um, was palpable. Okay. So uh, one, one of the things that's happened, we're going to go to break in a few moments, so I'm going to uh, say this quickly, is that uh, he was so full of duty, he didn't take care of himself very often. Uh, and when, when the snake situation happened and there was the opportunity for him to be taken by care of by others, that snake is usually sent, is archetypally a uh, image of transformation. There was an opportunity for him to transform. But in that last scene, even though his, uh, his grandsons were there, uh, it still seemed like 
he was lonely. He still didn't take care of himself or allow people to take care of him. And this was something that you had to be concerned about when your partner died, right? Yes, okay. it is. We're um, going to have to go to break. Okay. Uh, this is Joe Mancini, uh, and you're listening to uh, Explorations and Consciousness with Dr. Joe. We'll be right back. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. Have you thought that there may be more to your life than you know? Maybe you're puzzled by coincidences that seem to happen out of nowhere. Or possibly you have a sense of deja vu in a place you have never been before. What about those dreams that seem to materialize right before your eyes? or bring startling, clear images of loved ones who have passed over. These are only a few of the great many topics that you can find much more about by having a hypnotherapeutic session with Dr. Joe Mancini. Dr. Joe is a clinical hypnotherapist certified by many national and international hypnosis organizations specializing in spiritual hypnotherapy. Dr. Joe can help you discover much more of who you really are and why you came here this time around. Joe's clients repeatedly emphasize his vast spiritual knowledge, amazing skills, and great heart. He establishes a safe, caring environment in which individuals feel free to be all that they are. Call Joe at 301-526-2043 or reach him by email at soulserver at erals.com to find out more. That's 301-526-2043 or by email at soul, S-R-V-R, at E-R-O-L-S dot com. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. You are listening to Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. To reach Dr. Joe Mancini or his guest, please call into our program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to soulserver at erols.com. That's soul, S-R-V-R, at erols, E-R-O-L-S, dot com. Now, back to Explorations in Consciousness. Hi, welcome back. This is Dr. Joe. Uh, Marianne, I just wanted to uh, conclude with uh, what you have been saying. Uh, What you found, as we discussed uh, much earlier, uh, was that it was important for you to know that you had to let other people take care of you after your partner died. And that this... Uh, PLR really pointed that out to you, the necessity so that you would not die feeling as, when it came for you to die, feeling very lonely and very un, you know, cared about to some degree, but not enough. Is that correct? That's correct, yes. All right. Well, thanks a lot. Uh, I'd like to move now to Kim. Kim's was also, these are all unique, but I, uh, Asked people to come on who had some really interesting PLRs. And yours, Kim, was uh, quite as fascinating. So can you summarize what happened? Sure. Um, after I went down the stairs and went in the room, I went into the same room. And even before I opened the door, I knew it was going to be the same room as the previous four PLRs. And this is what you referred to earlier as my staging area. It's a, just a huge um, room in an old Macedonian castle. It's windowless. It's dark. It's just a very big space. And I went in there, and in the previous PLRs, um, I had had trouble finding out what I was because it was so dark, and uh, there was n- no way to tell. So I placed the mirror on the other side of the room. So I knew it was there, <laughs> and I just kept going. And when I stood in front of the mirror, I was this 
being in in these elaborate flowing purple and green robes with a pointy hat with the same type of fabric and all of a sudden it changed into more of like a shell as opposed to fabric and when I looked in the mirror my face was changing constantly and and it did this throughout the almost the entire PLR you know I was young I was old I was male female I was every ethnicity it just kept changing and changing and changing and um I got the name Enragon and that it was 10 BC and that I was from Pleiades. And towards the end of this, I had asked, you know, what do I really look like? And it showed me more of what we we would call a gray alien. And when um, you were taking us to the death scene, I came out of this shell, went up into space, and just kind of floated there and watched as the body of this alien kind of disintegrated. As you took us to the death scene and asked us to go to the light, um, I went to the light, and the guides told me to reinvent. And also, while the faces were changing, I was getting uh, the word shape-shifting. Right, and you thought that, you were seeing past lives, future lives. We talked about counterpart selves, which I'm not going to explain right now. Um, so you were seeing all of yourselves. And this notion of reinvent, the suggestion was, well, if, if you are all these selves, then you could reinvent yourself. And why was that important in your life at that moment? This was important because at the time of this PLR, I was somewhat at a crossroads in my marriage and was unsure of what to do. And this confirmed the fact that I needed to move forward and reinvent myself or my life. And since then, I, I have done that, and, and I'm much happier. I, I'm in you know, great physical shape and emotional shape, despite things that have happened previously, you know, it recently... Um, that should have made me an emotional wreck, and it did not. So I that, think I heeded the message in this PLR. That was fantastic. And again, seeing all those different cells gave you the idea the, or the experience that you could reinvent yourself, that you could be a different person because you had been a different person and were different people all at the same time. That's so that, right, and it yeah. made me feel that anything was possible. Fantastic. Thank you very much. All right, let's move on to Ellen. Hi. Hi. So, um, with my PLR, uh, uh, when I went to the door and walked through the door, I de- began to describe myself, but the, w- the one crucial piece of the identity that I couldn't identify was my gender. Um, and I, you asked me to try and explore that physically, you know, with my hands on my body, and I refused to do that. Uh, so that was an interesting um, aspect, and we proceeded to go through various scenes, which I thought, were disparate scenes from different lives, and it turned out that they were from the same life. Um, And I didn't go in sequence in terms of age. I jumped, um, you know, from that young adult uh, whose gender I didn't know then to um, a scene where I was somewhat younger aboard a ship as a crew member. This is about 1700s. in in Maryland and on board a ship taking goods from the colonies to England and then jumped again to a scene where I was a a young girl um, playing uh, in the grass with some some stones and I was creating circles and straight lines with the stones um, and I was outside the same home as the original um, person when I first entered the PLR, and then we went from there to a much older age um, in f- where I was standing in front of a of a wheel, and that a water was wheel, right? A water wheel, um, and that was where I tended to feel some sort of comfort and solace. But one of the themes throughout all these scenes was that I was always alone and um, feeling isolated, and also 
dealing with some weighty issues and struggling with them. And uh, then we ended up, um, in the next time I met you, we went back into the same PLR via the water wheel. And in this case, uh, I, my current persona, traveled with in, into the PLR to meet with this previous life, this previous person. And it turns out that I, in this past life, was a transgendered woman uh, living as a man. I was a, a female to male. But, of course, this was, you know, back in the 17, early 1700s, so you can imagine the struggle this entity was going through, um, feeling shunned and, and alone and confused and also not able to really actualize that desire to live fully as a man. Um, this has great relevance to my present life as I am currently married to a transgendered person um, who is male to female. Um, I met her as when, when she was a male and we married, had children. Um, then subsequently, I think it was... Um, Eight years later, revealed that you know she was transgendered and and would you know live as a woman. So we're still together. We're still married. Um, but you know, I've often wondered why it was that I must have chosen this path, and and why is it important for me to to stay in this relationship? Um, so having gone through this, so to go back to the regression. Um, we, in a sense, the past entity and myself did a mutual intervention. I gave the entity the message that they were valuable and lovable for who they were regardless of this issue, and, and this entity gave me a message about how to find my my healing place and, and to maintain my center, you know, and, and to really focus on that as a way of you know, moving forward in my own life. Um, and we went to the death scene, and the entity at this point then had for was very old, you know, died at an old age, had some form of a family, so had, it had been able to make connections in some way and was surrounded by loved ones. Um, so you and I talked about the fact that maybe I had gone back, that my current persona had made a difference in this person's, in this past entity's life and potentially vice versa. That's a great summary of it. Yes. And this is an example of how to change a past life. Um, and that happened spontaneously. Right. We weren't expecting that to happen. Uh, but the water and your love of water mm -hmm. uh, and, and his love of water uh, brought you together um, and, uh, I, I had said to you, I think that he had an ending that was much better than it would have been had he not had a visit from a future self who was you. And this is how powerful these, um, PLRs can be when the individual is very, very open to what can happen. Um, this also illustrates the situation where we couldn't do the whole thing in one session, uh, partly because we didn't have much time. Okay, so we're about to end. I want to thank all of you uh, for coming on board. We've actually we've got a little more time than I thought, um, so I'm going to thank you again later. Uh, do any of you, either of you, have any questions for the other? Any of the others about the past life? Well, I guess this is Ellen. I, I was fascinated, Kim, by your story, and um, I wondered if you, while you were going through it, your conscious mind was, um, you know, really struggling with this, or were you able to just, what, did, did you do that past life in one session? Um, yeah, I did do it in one session. It was in a group session, actually, and that was, I think, my eighth PLR. So 
so prior to that, I had also had some really interesting ones, and I had just come to realize that anything could happen, so it really didn't, <laughs> didn't faze me much. Um, you know, it, it's just amazing. Each one that I've had has always been pertinent to what's been going on in my life, even if it's bizarre, and I just take it with a grain of salt and, and try and get the, the message that's coming from it. Hmm. That's amazing. I always like having you, Kim, in the group sessions because uh, you're very soothing to the other people who are new because you let them know that anything is possible and that you're still here and you're fine, <laughs> etc. Et We've got time for perhaps one more question from one of you to another. Uh, this is Marion. I don't have a question, but in the initial um, discussion we had about tips, I wanted to add that it is cru was crucial for me to actually write down everything I could remember about the PLR afterwards to record um, all my images and memories. Um, and and even while doing that, that I remembered even more or other things would come out while, during that writing. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. Now I really am thanking you uh, because we are going to end. And I ask my listeners to listen in next week. Please be with us. This is Dr. Joe, uh, and you're listening to Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. Thank you for listening, and may the peace of all that is be with you in every moment. Be well. Thank you for tuning in to Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. Please join us again next Tuesday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. We'll offer another enlightening program next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. <laughs>